0: Welcome to the Faith and Grief podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and grief. I'm your host Shelley Craig, program director at Faith and Grief. We're a nonprofit that provides grief support programs in person and online through support gatherings, grief workshops, and retreats. Find out more about our programs in this podcast at faithandgrief.org. We hope the stories and interviews you hear provide some comfort and hope on your grief journey. On today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be speaking with COVID loss survivor, Barry Himes. She started the online support group on Facebook, In Loving Memory 19, after the death of her mother, Rose, this time last year. We'll talk about grief during COVID and the importance of rituals in that grief. We got connected uh, through Rosie Davis, um, who's put together the Yellow Heart Memorial. And I see you've got your yellow heart on today. And um, and I love the fact that your logo for In Loving Memory 19 um, highlights a rose for your mom and a yellow yes. rose at that. Tell me a little bit about how was it was your, your daughter who put together the logo. Yes, I don't know if you
1: can see it behind yeah. me. Yeah. Um so my daughter came up with the logo. Um it's a yellow rose and in that's how she's eleven. That's how it was developed. We were trying to find a logo that would encompass um the yellow for COVID as well as something that would be meaningful and represent my mom as luck would have it yellow was one of her was her favorite color so just trying to figure out how we would encompass a rose and put the the name into into the logo and my daughter who's 11 came up with the idea and everybody went oh wow that, that looks that looks pretty good that's great well it's
0: a pretty it's very pretty And it's nice that it has some significance um, with your family and with your mom. Well, I know that it's almost a year since your mom died. What has this past year grieving as as we've been in the middle of this pandemic been like for you?
1: It's been very difficult. And we talked a little bit about it yesterday with regard to the stages of grief. I've been all over the gamut with that. I have been depressed. I've been in denial. I've been angry. And then any given day, I can run that gamut as well. I, I don't know that I'm quite at the acceptance level yet. Because for me, the way that she passed, I still am having difficulty with. Mm. You know, we had talked about the fact that she had cancer, um, stage four metastatic breast cancer, for 10 years had gone into remission in 2019, and then gets COVID in 2020. And for me, I feel slighted. I feel we had a reprieve Mm. only to get that stripped away from us. So... I'm all over the gamut with that. It's been a very difficult year as a result. My emotions have been all over the place, but I had to, with that, find a purpose, uh, a meaning, a way to to take my emotions and put them toward a, a higher purpose, if you will. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, you know, uh, one of the most bizarre things about grief is is just what you're saying, just how many different feelings you can have at any given moment. It, you know, it changes minute to minute. You can have uh, a whole spectrum of, of feelings from morning till the time you're hit the bed. And you're lucky if you can sleep so that you don't have to think about them anymore. But sometimes you do anyway. And, um, well, you, you mentioned that you tried to sort of funnel or, or direct uh, your experience, your feelings that you were dealing with sort of in, into a positive, uh, something with more purpose. Is that how they the support group came about?
1: Yes. My mom passed April 22nd. At that point, April 22nd, 2020. At that point, I did not know anybody else that was going through what I was going through. Did I know other people that had lost loved ones? Absolutely. Did I know anybody that had lost a loved one to COVID? No.
0: Mm.
1: And losing someone to COVID is a complete, Completely different beast. When when you lose somebody, and I had lost my dad when I was eighteen, I I went through the stages of grief, but I was able to accept that much much easier. Losing to someone to COVID and not being able to bury them in the way that ritualistically. Um, according to your faith or just being able to have funerals and being able to be with your loved one in the last moments and all all the things that losing someone to COVID encompasses as opposed to losing someone just, you know, losing someone to to another means. It's just such a different entity. And at that time, I did not know anybody that was going through what I was going through. There's a group called Survivor Corps. And when my mom was ill with COVID, I had, somebody had suggested to me to look at that group. And I reached out to them. This is what's happening. Can you give me suggestions? The power in having almost 600 total strangers pray for my mom was insurmountable mm. when my mom passed and then people are still praying and I had to, to notify these, these total strangers, my mom passed and yet these total strangers are still connecting with me mm. and extending condolences. And do you mind if I direct message you and, and talk to you and okay. And, 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 the beauty in that mm. the positivity in that because they under there was an understanding mm. and and then as a result of that there was a woman who reached out to me a couple weeks later and said here's a name and I'm thinking okay is she, is she trying to sell me something why am I connecting with this lady because I had met her through when my mom was ill and I reach out to this person, this this lady lives in New York, and had lost her mother about two weeks after I did. She didn't know anybody that had lost someone to COVID. We start talking. And she says, you know, there, there's no support where I am. I said, no, there's no support where I am either. So put it out there and somebody else chimes in. I'm here and there's no support where I am no support where i am either and that's how in loving memory 19 came to be because i'm looking and i'm thinking these are people in all different states it's not just where i am right we're, we're connecting and and there's nothing for us especially so even, i needed to create something
0: well and i'm so glad that you did because especially in those early days i've heard it from many covid loss survivors that like yourself they hadn't met or talked to anybody who had and they were finding each other online usually because somebody had posted you know maybe an obituary or whatever on their facebook page and then it's like, hey i have a friend in you know iowa that just lost a parent or i have a cousin in california and that's how unfortunately it had to happen that way i mean we in the grief community we knew we would be here when folks needed us but it, there wasn't, you know, there's not a big flag out on uh, the Internet that says this direction, go this way and and find it. Um, and there is such um, comfort in talking with others who've experienced similar things and to find that community, which you you can't always find just everywhere. And even if someone has lost someone in a different way, it's except for folks who've gone through this year where there's just been such a bizarre process in losing people, it's hard to to grasp it. It's hard to really understand. Um, So I'm so glad that you you went ahead and started to connect, you know, people that you met through these other groups and really started, you know, to build a community. That's what
1: the purpose of In Loving Memory 19 is. When we get together, we talk through Zoom on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock. I had it in an earlier time, but I had to make it later because now we have people West Coast, East Coast. You know, right. it's, <laughs> we actually now have people that are in other countries that have joined. So I wanted to make sure that the time that was available now would, would be there for people, to, you know, regardless of, of their location. So, you know, we meet at nine o'clock on Tuesday nights. Resume. That being said, we're connecting with each other throughout the week. We've become a—I don't even want to say friends because we've become a, fa- a family. Yeah. We, we are—we are cohesive. We look out for each other during the week. We connect during the week. It could be, you know, a post and people respond to it. It could be a text message. You know, you weren't in the group Tuesday night, and it's somebody that normally is, and just checking on you. Or Tuesday night, somebody said they, you know, they weren't feeling well, and somebody's going to get a text during the week. Just want to see how you're feeling, and we just, we just do. We we check in on each other, and it's you know, yes, the group is based on COVID, but it's also become a family in that respect of. We genuinely care about each other. We want to make sure everybody is okay, not only emotionally, but physically well-being. And it's a support for those who've lost loved ones. That being said, it's not just about parents or siblings. You know, I have people that have lost grandparents or a close friend because who are we to judge the nature of a relationship and that one is more significant than the other. Some people were raised by their grandparents. Sure. You, can't, you can't put a, a a price tag or a value on a relationship. And that's what it's about too. It's what you feel is in your heart. And if you feel you need the support based on the loss, then you're welcome and we share and, and there's value in that.
0: We've always felt that way too, that um, really anybody's welcome to the programs at Faith and Grief um, and being a multi-faith nonprofit You know we're looking at it from a very broad perspective and we want people to feel comfortable as they come to any of our programs and i'm so glad that you've decided to to go that direction and and allow you know like you said folks who've lost a grandparent maybe just a friend that they you know sometimes especially when um someone's lost a friend they always feel like they're not sometimes don't feel like they they qualify and they do because the relationship that that relationship could be probably the most important one you have maybe It's always important to to keep it as broad as you can to to invite those people well you started this in memory of your mom rose tell me about your mom
1: my mom had quite a personality she would she was a tell it like it is kind of lady she would she would let you know if she liked you or she did not but she she just was she she was just she was full of life and she was definitely the matriarch of the family and that's where i think the the biggest loss is because she was such a strong personality and so determined. She was a very very tough lady with a great personality. I saw her 2 days before she passed. I had gotten a call that this was it. You know, she was not going to make it. You need to hurry up and get to the hospital. So I I call my best friend who, you know, talking about relationships, this was like a mom to him, a second mom. We go running up to, to the hospital and, oh, you, you need to make a decision. No, no, not till I see my mother. They put me in full PPE. I walk in and my mom is like what the bleep are you doing here? And I'm thinking, yeah, she's fine. (laughs) That's my mother because she was very strong-willed. And I'm asking her, mom, how do you feel? Do you feel okay? I'm having a little trouble breathing. I'm having a little pain in my leg. You're not having trouble breathing? No, I'm not having any trouble breathing. But wait a minute, what are you doing here? I'm contagious, typical Jewish mother, more worried about me and how I would be than anything else. And that was just par for the course with her. You know, when I I left that room that day, like, mom, tell me, what am I to do? What do you want me to do? And she's telling me, you know, my directives, but I'm saying, mom, you tell me, are you gonna keep fighting? What kind of question are you asking me? Of course I'm gonna keep fighting. Like, hello? You know, because she was, she was very determined. She was very strong-willed. Like this is a woman who should have been one a long time ago and had lived with stage four metastatic breast cancer for 10 years. She was diagnosed at stage four. I mean, we joked for the longest time, like, you know, they always say only the good die young and I'm going, mom, you know, like God's going, "Mm -mm, she's too strong willed for me. Like, no, no. (laughs) Mm -mm. We just would laugh all the time because it's like, you are so determined. Like nothing is going to keep you down. Nothing. And she just had a great attitude about things that way.
0: So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for telling me about Rose. I I kind of imagined um, kind of who she is in my head, and and it's great to hear that. Well, um, we we talked before uh, we're recording this, and we talked a little bit about – sort of uh, the funeral and having to sit Shiva on Zoom and kind of that whole experience. What was that like? Because I think that's something that so many people this year have experienced, not being able to either have the service the way they wanted to remember their loved one or even have one at all. Um, some folks have decided, you know, to either put off a memorial uh, waiting for COVID to, to subside to some degree or just choosing not to because of so many other things. Tell me a little bit about what that was like.
1: So when my mom passed, I was called to the hospital to see her. When I got the call, my biggest concern was that she didn't die alone. The doctor was not able to tell me that. When I got to the hospital, there was a nurse there who let me know she was with my mom when she passed. Being of Jewish faith, the nurse felt compelled to tell me Um, Well, first off, I thanked the nurse for being there with my mom. And then the nurse felt compelled to tell me that, you know, she's like, oh, I'm Catholic. But I I prayed over her as if like, you know, like almost apologetic. And I said to her, I said, I said, thank you so much because God is God. And I was so grateful that she was there. As far as my mom's, you know, last moments at the hospital Um, I went in, I said prayers over my mom. Um, There was a pastor who came by and offered prayers from a door because he was still seeing patients that had COVID. So he couldn't even come in the room to be with me. Mm. So he stood at the doorway and said, I can't come in to be with you, but I can stand at the door. I said, that's fine. Thank you. So that's something I don't think people realize either. And um, the funeral parlor, um, according to the Jewish faith, you know, there's a time frame with which we're supposed to bury our loved ones. My mom laid at the um, hospital and was placed in two body bags for her burial and could not have her hair or her makeup done, which the hospital did not know that was going to happen. I kept saying to the funeral parlor, why didn't you tell them? Because I was there, I could have done her hair, I could have done her makeup, I was there with her. But that communication doesn't happen. So they, again, they placed her in two body bags. She was never dressed. Um, I did get to have clothes placed in the casket. At the cemetery in the Jewish faith, there's a small shovel at the cemetery and with with that it goes to the immediate family first and then everybody else gets to put earth on the um, the loved one that has passed it's seen as the last mitzvah the last good deed you can do for a loved one is to bury them they can never repay you you're 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 burying your loved one it, it's it's the last blessing the last mitzvah the good deed you can do for them so I was able to use the small shovel to to put the earth, so were the other 10 people that were at the funeral, um, myself, my daughter, who calls my mom Babo because when she was younger, she could not say the word Bubby. So my, my mom is a Babo. She walked onto the grounds and then sat in the car, but she counted as one of the people. My um, the funeral director counted as one of the 10 people, my rabbi did not attend the service. She did it um, virtually so that I could have one more person at the service. Mm. So um, we all um, used the smaller shovel, if you will, the hand shovel to place earth. At the end of the service, there's usually a larger shovel so that the immediate family can bury their loved one. Mm. There was a mound of earth there, but there was no larger shovel when I looked for it. And the funeral director knew what I was looking for, and she said to me, "Barry, I'm sorry, but you it's you can't do that. Your mom, we have to put the um, the lid um on on your mom, meaning the um like the cement liner." Mm because even um, your mom passed from COVID. And I looked at her funny, and she said, well, she could contaminate the soil. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, she's in a casket, how? But even even in death, there was this fear that somebody who had COVID could contaminate the soil. So I I was not able to give my mom that last ritualistic rite of being able to bury my loved one. And so that that hurt me in itself as well as all the other components. And then you mentioned Shiva. Shiva, you know, the funeral, people attended the funeral virtually. And then Shiva also had to be conducted virtually because we couldn't have people at the home for the for the service.
0: To me, Shiva is one of the most beautiful um, parts of the Jewish ritual around death is allowing actual grieving and mourning time and setting it aside and having the community come and and basically take care of the family as they're grieving, which is just such a wonderful thing. But, do it, you know, having to do that via Skype or
1: Zoom, kind of a little different. What was that like? A couple people sent food to the house. But normally when people send food to the house, you have people here. They're joining you for meals. You're sharing stories of your loved ones. People are in and out of the house. You're never alone. Mm. And to and so to go through this and be alone for that. And, and you know, my husband's here, my daughter, obviously, but to have other people coming in and out and it, and being there with you for that. There's something to that. There's something to that, to have people, you know, coming over and, and, sharing, and sharing in that with you. Now, one thing to find a silver lining in it, if there is a silver lining, was that when we conducted Shiva via Zoom, the people that attended, I was able to record their stories, mm. which I never would have thought to do had they came over the home. Yeah. So I have those stories that people were able to share about my mom because we've recorded the Zoom. So now I will be able to go back and listen to them and hear the stories and how my mom Touch different people and and the funny stories from her at work and her funny stories from her growing up and things that I never would be able to have preserved.
0: That's such an, an
1: a great thing,
0: because yeah, I mean, most instances, even when people would come up and tell you their story that or their relationship with your mom, you in unfortunately in the beginning of grief, you you probably would hear them, but hard to remember sometimes. And so at least you do have those stories that are so so precious to be able to listen to later. It's not the same as having your mom, but um, but at least we were able to record it. So it's something. And like you said, it, they're little silver linings, not big ones right, right. now. I mean, they're, they're little ones here and there. Well, um, during this past year, as you've been grieving and, you know, really... Um, Trying to find meaning in in creating your support group and the work that you've been doing around that, how has how has this time for you personally um, changed? Um, how you think about your faith, your beliefs? Has it have you felt like close, strengthened, changed? Uh, I know plenty of people that um, you know this time can really, 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 really test their faith.
1: In the beginning, I was quite angry at God. Mm. Um, I didn't understand why we were given a reprieve, only to have that taken away. Why to have her go in remission, only to lose her. So in the beginning, if I'm being honest, I was very angry. Mm. And I was angry at God for... For, for quite some time, definitely going through the stages of grief. Um, but then I had, I had to think, and I had to think about it, not from that, not from the aspect of being angry at God, but being angry at this situation. And, and looking at it as, okay, What can I do with this situation to make things better? Because I've always believed there's a reason for everything. Now, I'm not saying that COVID happened for a reason because that I I still, I will never process. But I believe there's a reason for everything. So I need to find a purpose in in this situation what is going to be my purpose what am i going to do with this okay so okay god what do you want me to do with this because i'm angry so what do you want me to do with this so now god puts this lady in my life who says here connect with this lady okay god and so now i have to do something with this and and every twist and turn that I'm on this venture, I find myself speaking more and speaking out. And just and every moment that I find myself starting to self-doubt or get upset or, you know, wanting to go into my why-may phase, something will happen where I find myself. I'm at a memorial. I'm helping someone out oh, I really appreciate what you did, mate. What, what, what did I do? And it's, it's that those moments where I go, okay, I'm making a difference. This is, I'm making a difference in my mom's name. I'm doing this because of my mom, in honor of my mom. I, ca- I can't be angry. Because if I sit here and be and I stay angry, what is that going to accomplish? I need to do something with that. And that's where my faith comes from, because, okay, I have to believe that there's a power. There's there's something I need to do with this. There's a purpose. There's a reason that in loving memory, 19 came to be. There's a reason that I'm speaking out that that I have to keep finding or people keep finding me and saying, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Like, there's a reason, you know, God's telling me. You know, you, you need to do this. You need to do this for your mom.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you you, you listened um, because uh, I, I always feel that way about you know where God puts us and and sometimes it, it is for a reason. We don't understand it always. It doesn't always make sense. But I always think that God always wants us to find community and find one another. And this is one way f- that it happens. Um, but I'm, I'm just glad that you, you know, said, okay, what do I need to do with this? And opened yourself up. Um, your mom would be so proud to know all the work that you've been doing and how you've been helping people. And I'm sure those that you've touched have made, you know, it's, it's made a difference. Because this has been an extraordinarily difficult year for too many people. And they have to find groups like yours just to be able to, you know, do the best they can to make through it. You cannot do grief alone. And you can't do this right now alone. It just, you can't do it. And if you are, anybody's listening, if you are doing the, trying to do this by yourself, please don't. Try and find a group like Barry's, like the programs that we have, like many other resources, which you can go to our website and find all those out. (laughs) Um, There are people that can help, and specifically those who've lost someone to COVID. Find a group that can help you there as well, because it's just so, so very important. I know that you've been doing some speaking out, working with other groups. Tell me a little bit about that work and how that has kind of come about.
1: So I had been asked by COVID, um, COVID survivors for change to speak in October at um, Pennsylvania Memorial. Mm. And that, that was actually my first time really speaking out about my mom's story on, on a public forum when I got up to speak, I, um, my first thought was, okay, can't get upset. I can't get upset. And then I just kept thinking in my head, all right, if I just stay angry, if I just keep thinking about how angry I am that, you know, we, we as a country are in this situation, I'll get through it. <laughs> and so I got through it. Um, and from that, I had spoken with numerous um media and it just it just kind of progressed and you know I met Rosie um through there's um faces of COVID victims who um there's a girl named Hannah Ernst and um she's out of New Jersey and if anybody's listening and has lost someone to COVID she and her mom are amazing and they do silhouettes of your loved ones and um Hannah's mom reached out to me and had offered to, do the silhouette of my mom. And then I met Rosie Davis in Texas, who has the yellow heart Memorial, who's another fabulous person. So it, it's just, it's these connections because we understand each other. Mm. We understand the loss and, and what we've, what we've been through, um, what we're still going through and, you know, a lot of us are in each other's support groups because, you know, we, we just, we get it. It's not an easy road. Like you said, you can't do it on your own. You just, you can't. And we, we realize that. And we support each other. We go to, um, we go to each other's memorials, whether it be in person, um, obviously social distancing and wearing masks or virtually, we go to each other's events because we need to be there as a community mm. to support each other. You know, Rosie had an event in Texas that was beautiful where you mentioned the yellow heart, it was on display and she had all our loved ones names there. We were able to participate on that in that virtually. So it's it's all these connections, it's recognizing our loved ones, because as the number has continued to grow, people look at that number as, oh, that's just a number. Oh, that's just as much percent of the population. When it started, eh, it's just 1% of the population. Who cares? It's an older person. Uh, they had a pre-existing condition. It's not going to happen to me. And as the number continues to grow, people look at that as at somebody else's family. It's not going to happen to me. It's just a number. Well, we're at over 500,000. We're at half a million plus. These are loved ones. It's one less person at Christmas dinner. It's one less person at the dinner table that's someone's loved one. And for every, every person, that's like seven or eight people that are missing them. It's, it affects everybody. So you, you can't pull this. It doesn't, it's not me anymore. It doesn't affect me.
0: Right. And I I think that's, you know, certainly I've seen it, um, in our own work, the numbers. I, I think that's one of the things that's beautiful about building community like you have so that you can, uh, connect with one another and talk about each other's loved ones which is really important you know memorials and things um like hannah's done and and rosie have, has done where we can you know put names put faces out there to remember the loved ones who died because um, it's so important because with that huge number over half a million people it's just overwhelming people just you know just sounds like you said like a number and these people were not numbers they were people There were people that people loved, that you loved, that I loved. And it's certainly not fair. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But in finding one another, um, we can find some purpose, like you've talked about, which I think is is so vital at this time. Well, Barry, it's been so great talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your work, um, telling us about your mom, Rose. Great to hear about her. And um, thank you again. It's just what you've accomplished. And please, I I will get all the the links and all that kind of stuff. So we can have that on our website so that folks can find your group on Tuesday nights, and join um, because it's so needed. And, you know, thank you for doing that.
1: Thank you. And you know, one thing that I always I always say, you know, we are in this together. That, that's become that's become my, my tagline, if you will. But I truly believe in that. So regardless of whether it's a mother, a father, brother, sister, grandparent, aunt, uncle, friend, we are in this together. We are a community. We need to be here to support each other. Thank you. Thanks, Shelley.
0: The Faith and Grief podcast is supported by listeners like you you'd like to be a podcast producer, go to faithandgrief.org slash donate and give today.